if your kiddos are like ours, they have all the feels, all the time. Honestly, it can feel like a little too much. Our guest today, coach and author Christy Mann, shares about her new series of children's books, The Adventures of Lil Sass, and her mission to spread emotional wellness for kids and adults. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, legendary marriage family. This is Danielle and Justin, and this is episode 94. And whether you've been listening for a long time or this is the first time, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to the show. (laughs) I was just waking you up over there, honey. I'm awake, I'm awake. Here I am. Hey, we have a couple announcements before we dive into today's show. If you aren't already a part of our community on Facebook, we want you to come check it out. It's great conversations, engaging stories, and some great first dib opportunities coming up this month of September. Always got to love me some dibs. Speaking of which, hint, hint, if you leave a review on iTunes this month, September 2018, you could win a prize. Reviews are so important. They help the show rank better in searches, which means more couples find us. They can listen, have conversations that matter, and we get to welcome them into the family. Were you trying to sound like Oprah there? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You get a prize. You, you get, everybody gets a prize if you're in the community on Facebook, right? So if you want to be a part of our mission to help couples build legendary marriages, just leave a review on iTunes. And then comment on the reviews thread in our Facebook group. We are going to draw one lucky winner each week in September for it, for prizes. Right. Some will be cash. Some will be um, things that our guests have brought. It's a grab bag. It, it's, it's lots it's of fun. It's going to be some awesome stuff. You can find it over at legendarymarriage.com slash community. All right. That's it for announcements. That's all I got. This topic today is so important to us. I'm remembering back to when our kids were, they didn't call it baptized at our church, but they called it dedicated. And they said, what is something to the effect of, what's your highest dream for your kids? Or like, what do you really want from them? Mm -hmm. And I remember, and they announced it to the whole church as they were baptizing them, that they, I wanted them to be we wanted them to be emotionally intelligent, to have emotional wellness. Yeah, I'm not sure we said it quite that way, but that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where I'm sure the right answer was probably like to love Jesus the most. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this, that my part of that response was shaped through my coactive coach training, mm-hmm. of which Christy, our guest today, was a big part. Yes. So this is a topic... Very important and very near and dear to our heart. So this is episode 94. Our guest today is Christy Mann. She is an author, coach, speaker. She just has a powerful message about how feeling all of your emotions 
not suppressing them, especially at a young age, can form a healthy family, not only emotionally, but spiritually and physically as well. I'm so excited. I can't wait. All right, let's get to it. We are so happy to have Christy Mann on the show. She is a leader of leaders, author, speaker, coach, trainer, And what's really exciting is she has a new set of books coming out for young people called Lil Sass and Her Adventures. And it's all about emotional wellness for the family. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. We've been so excited to, to do this ever since I saw you start talking about Lil Sass on, on Facebook and social media, probably a year ago. Yeah, 18 months. It's been almost oh my gosh. months. Yeah. I've just been waiting for, for the moment to go, oh, okay, it's it's close now. Let's let's get and talk to you. Um and because like I got a chance to to learn and be a part of some of the CTI courses with Christy as a instructor. And you know, you you're one of those people who has just this profound impact on my life and my coaching and my, wow. my, my world, uh, just from little interactions like that. Thank so, you. Isn't that so sweet? Um, so Christy, I just have to, I'm going to out you, Justin. I, Justin's like, just so you know, Christy's one of those people that when I talk with her, I'm probably going to get a little choked up. Oh, so yeah, he's yeah. already owning that. So be ready, Christy. <laughs> There's going to be some, some verklempt moments. You know me, I'm so I love it. That's what the adventure of little sass is all about. We're bringing emotions back. That's the yes. We're bringing emotions back. So let's get verklempt. Yes. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Okay. So how did you get interested to, to begin with about bringing emotional wellness to young people? Yeah. So um, I'm actually going through the young people to get to the adults because and I know you guys are parents, I think young people get this better than us. They have what we call emotional flexibility, emotional fluidity, where they're sad one moment, angry the next, happy the next, and they can move from emotion to emotion. And as adults, my experience, both in my own journey, but also in developing leaders and coaches, is that we get stuck in an emotion and we'll stay in it or we'll just suppress our emotions completely. And when we realize, oh, I'm an emotional being, we start to shame ourselves because we're starting to feel sadness hmm. or anger, you know, or even joy. And so I'm interested in this topic because I don't think there's, like we need to allow ourselves to be, have our emotions in order to continue to evolve. Like for me, that's the bottom line. I think a lot of the the violence and the upset that's in our world right now is because of suppressed emotions. Mm-hmm. I think you could boil a lot of it down to that and people not feeling safe or having outlets or the skills or the tools to know how to share their emotions and others not knowing how to hold space for others when they're having, when they're being emotional. I, that's really interesting that you brought up the fact that kids in general can kind of have that fluidity and the flexibility and go from one emotion to another and then adults kind of stay stuck in it. Is there a season when they kind of switch over from that fluidity to now I'm an adult and I stay stuck in emotions? 
You know, I don't know if there's like a textbook answer to that. So they are 12 and a half. <laughs> yeah, 12 and a half. Um, what I've noticed as, as early as like four or five, I've seen with kids start to feel shame around emotions mm. or suppress them. Um, so I'm, I'm not a mother myself, but I'm an auntie like 17 times over and um, ha- had an opportunity to co-parent for a year and a half with one of my best friends. So what I've just noticed is, is that the way that the parents are being with their own emotions really reflects how the child is going to be with theirs. And so the adventures of little sass is... The purpose is to create a dialogue between adults and children around emotions. And so I want like parents who might be reading the books or caretakers to their children to be just as aware, like, how am I showing up around my sadness or my anger or even my joy? Like, do I let myself experience those emotions in front of my child? Um, you know, do I go overboard and, and share too much? Or do I not share anything at all? I mean, you guys, I'm sure as parents have had those experiences. It's all of the above. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. No, right. And I don't say, I'm not saying I have the perfect answer, but what I want to do is to create a discussion because I want there to be a greater level of awareness about this in our homes, in our schools and in our workplaces and communities. Well, I think that's really, I don't know if, overdue is the right word, but Justin and I were even reflecting on like when we were kids, I don't think the idea of emotional wellness was like on our parents' radar. Um, like it is for (laughs) us now as parents, I feel like I don't know that I ever had a thought about emotions other than it just happens and you it just was, deal with it. I, I, I don't mean, know. For me growing up, it was, I would say more repression than regulation. Yes. Like, like, okay, you need to be done now. Like put, put that away, put that away. And, and I mean, I'll freely admit I'm a highly sensitive person. Uh, I, I wear my emotion on my sleeve. It is, uh, it is, hard to to be anything more than that or anything other than that and so it felt a lot like just repression like don't be yourself and and i think (laughs) i think boys guys in particular get the like man up push it down step on it and, and just keep moving forward now christy what was your experience as a kid around this emotional wellness yeah well so when i was 13 my dad went to jail And so it was a very traumatic moment of time in my life. And I grew up really quickly. Like in that moment, I kind of stepped into what I would say is a leadership position in my, in my immediate family unit. And, um, I suppressed my emotions, you know, and it wasn't until my mid twenties, later twenties that I started, um, seeing a therapist. I started, I had an awareness that, Hey, I don't let myself cry in front of people, Um, I knew I had a lot of suppressed anger because it would come out in like just um, inappropriate ways. And uh, I knew I needed help because I didn't have the tools to do it on my own. And that's, you know, part of what I'm sharing through the adventures of Little Sass. So in each story, what happens is she, she goes on an adventure, something happens and the emotion comes up and then she reflects on the conditioning that she's received. 
And typically the conditioning is don't have the emotion, you know, for the adventure of sadness, it's like strong girls don't cry. Big girls don't cry. Or you're a baby if you're sad, you know, and be strong for us right now. And so she reframes it by um, allowing herself to have the emotion. And it's like, I'm still strong if I'm sad. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a baby if I'm, if I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's been a similar journey in that uh, over the past decade through different modes of therapy and coaching and just different work I've done on myself and then shared it with students and held space for others to have similar experiences that I realized that in our culture, you know, a lot of us didn't have this dialogue. So especially our generation, it's like, I think our generation is the first generation to be very conscious about this and bring it into our parenting. And I know, you know, my parents definitely didn't have anything uh, to do with this dialogue, you know, and um, I'm grateful for them because they've come kind of come along the journey with me. (laughs) Not like, not like they're super excited, like, oh, great, you know, we're going to talk about our emotions, but I think um, on some level they've understood that, you know, it can be helpful, even though it's very uncomfortable for them. You know what? That's really interesting that you said they're on the journey with you because, so I'll out my mom here because, um, you know, obviously she knows we're both coaches. So we're especially tuned into this sort of thing and she'll say something and she'll catch herself and go, Oh wait, am I shaming right now? Oh wait, am I, you know, like she'll kind of check herself like, Oh, wait, that's probably something that I would have said to you as a kid. But I think you probably don't want me saying that to my grandkids. And every now and then she'll just have enough of it and be like, oh, just be quiet. <laughs> just stop. But but it's so true that um, it's it, it's kind of a new dialogue. It's kind of a new a yeah. new dialogue. Okay, so Lil Sass. So she has all these adventures. And her goal is to obviously process things in a healthy way and use her emotions and lean into them. So as parents, what are some of the ways that we can help our children be emotional, emotionally resilient kids? That's great. Um, there's, there's three tips that I'm currently working with that I've seen work really well through my own experience and in sharing with others. And that's to be the model, be the coach, and be the sanctuary. So mm-hmm. what I mean by be the model, and I've, I've kind of alluded to this, it, it means first check yourself. If I'm the adult, what is my relationship with my emotions? Do I allow myself to to show sadness or anger and joy, or do I like dim it because I think I need to be strong all the time for my kid? You know, I've seen friends really struggle with this um, and feeling that they need to always put on that like that that strong upper lip, like everything's okay all the time. And my my concern of that is then the children don't learn that it's not okay all the time you know, and, and it's not supposed to be right. Part of the journey of life is to be able to roll with the ups and downs and to feel sadness and joy and anger and all the other emotions. And so being the model just really means allowing yourself to have emotions in a responsible way so that your child knows that it's safe to do so. And it's part of the deal. Yes. We talk about, um, 
knowing yourself and like what your triggers are emotionally and how your personality and, and everything play into that, but uh, how you're wired and how your wounding plays into it as well. So that, and, and I love just what you, t- you, I think you said this, or it may have been in my own brain, the translation, um, my, you said, what is my relationship with my emotions? Just as a parent or, or a husband, um, checking in on that is, is a great way of bringing my consciousness to it. You know what, this is, this reminds me of a story. So before I was a coach, I taught elementary school for eight years. And so, you know, there are times when you need to discipline the kids because they do something horribly wrong. Okay. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, they forget their homework, whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. But sometimes when they do things really like maybe they're bullying another kid or something like that, my wiring doesn't go to anger or like that justice piece very well. It just doesn't connect for me somehow. So I would have to find myself forcing myself to be like really mad at them, which sounds so weird. It sounds really, really weird. It is kind of weird. It is. It's kind (laughs) of like, it's like, I know that I should be indignant at this. So that is how I'm going to act. It was a very strange thing, but I knew that for the message to get across, sometimes you need to just have that range of emotions where I can kind of pretty much stay on an even keel. And like you said, some of it's wiring, some of it's wounding, but I'm usually pretty much in the middle and Justin's up and down. He's up and down. So if the kids were to see dad, you know, he's happy, he's crazy, he's sad, he's mad, you know, it would be very easy for them to point that out for Justin. But for me, I think they might have a little bit more of a challenge. So do you have any thoughts for those parents that just the way they're wired, they're not highly emotional people how do they kind of tap into that and become the model for their kids? That's so cool. Uh, like appreciating your self-awareness and obviously it's probably what makes you guys a really good team. Like having, you know, the different ways that you operate and different ways that you're wired. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Because you're speaking to what, like in meditation, what, what's called equanimity. I know as a meditator, I'm always striving for is to have more neutrality So um, I've gone deep into the practice and study of Kundalini yoga. And actually in that philosophy, um, they talk about emotions of like, have them, but never let them run you, you know, and actually equanimity is the more of the end game. So when I think about like our, um, the human race and where we are in evolution, I think we have a long way to go where the mass of the population can have a more equanimity and and more of that neutrality state that you speak of. So um, I don't think there's anything for you to do. You know, I think it's, it's great that you can hold that space. And it's just that if there are times where there is a high emotion that you allow, you allow it, you know, as part of your own experience. Right. And then there could be an impact on others because they're not used to seeing you like that. And that's where the, the, the consciousness I'm asking for from adults is to come in to say, okay, you know, mommy's, mommy's really angry right now. You don't normally see mommy like this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be angry right now. This has nothing to do with you. I need a, I need a moment. 
you know, and um, I talk about in the venture of anger, little sass learns a, like a Kundalini yoga move, um, a modified move, which is to karate chop a pillow or karate chop the sand in, in the story she's out in the sand. But all this is doing is moving the energy right? And emotion is just energy. That's all it is. And we need to move it, you know, whether it's through tears or it's through, you know, the karate chopping, dancing, jumping, some way just to release the energy so that we can get to more of that neutral space that you're talking about. I think that's, you know, part of the end game. That's really interesting because I think a lot of times, you know, Justin and I know when we get like, in kind of a stuck emotional place, you know, it feels good to work out or go for a mm-hmm. walk or, you know, things like that, where you kind of get the blood pumping a little bit. And then you're like, I can think again, like yeah. I am. Free. I have, I have struggled with depression my whole life. And it's really been in the last probably five or six years when I've started to really understand how significant that that movement, the physical movement can be to getting the emotion moving again and, and the catharsis that, that can happen there and starting to create regular rhythms and, and practices to, to do that yoga and meditation and things like that. It's so important, right? Yeah. It's, it's so important. And that actually kind of leads to the second point of being the coach which you, you both know so well, and, you know, maybe a lot of your listeners do, but as the adult, it's um, holding space for younger people to have emotions without judgment, bringing in that neutrality again, or that equanimity, and um, asking some curious questions, you know, what's happening for you right now? right? What's, what's it like to be mad? You know, and when, when those questions don't work in the moment, which as you know, it doesn't always because they're having a moment later on, is there an opportunity to create like a learning moment about their experience? You know, that's the kind of coach mindset or the growth mindset that I'm wanting adults to really bring to the children in their life. Yeah. I I just, I think of, it was late 2013, early 2014. Like we had, we had sold our house, bought an RV, and we were touring the country for like six months. And we came back and our our oldest child was, I mean, Allie was just About maybe two. two. Yep. And I remember that one day at Dobson's and she was just, just like growling and screaming. Oh yeah, and she was out of and, control. And just couldn't. Like we, we couldn't pull it together. And so I literally just sat there in the laundry room and held her and just, just and just said, it's okay. Let it go. Just, just, oh. it's okay. Just keep, and it was probably a half an hour. Oh no, it was, it was like an hour or more uh, of just sitting there and letting her, her do that and, and, and push against me or, or whatever she, like she wanted to kind of get out. So there was a, there was this kind of a delicate balance between trying to hold her in a place Yes. like holding space and like restraining her a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those where it was just, it was so, um, mm. it was so significant. Yeah. It really felt like a defining moment for yeah. her to be able to, to, to just, it's okay to, to, to be in this yeah. and know that there's, there's another side. Like you, you, you can move through that pool. And, and dad's here with you. 
Yeah. And it, it might sound strange to our listeners too, to think you're like trapping a two-year-old in a laundry room. <laughs> it was a big laundry but, room. But I mean, <laughs> our children have always been like, you, you've heard the term old souls. Like yeah. our kids have always been old souls. Yeah. So like our two-year-olds acted like they were ready to go to kindergarten. Like, I mean, they've just always um, had that, that emotional wellness kind of piece. Like our little one, from the time she could talk, she could say like, mommy, I'm really sad right now. Can we talk about this later? Or things like that. Like they just, they know to um, name their emotions, which I, I feel like for them really helps them to process them and move and helps through to the other to side. Know, yeah. Like, okay, let's just, let's just let this be. Like, yes. let's create space. Maybe, you know, maybe we need to be with them. Maybe we need to just like go to your room and process through that. Yes. But, but to give them permission to do that, to regulate through it rather than just try to repress it. It's a, it's a beautiful story, Justin. And I appreciate how moved you got by like re, reliving it. You know, like you guys are just such an example of what I'm talking about. Like, con- your conscious parents, clearly, you know, and what would our world be like if we had more parents and school teachers and, you know, people in the workplace that are really being taking that kind of stand for others to be emotional beings. We have our, we, we, we do, we do all right, but we, we have our moments. Well, we all do. <laughs> you know? Bedtimes. Oh, bedtimes. It. All religion is out oh, the window. Yeah, yeah. I lose my religion <laughs> at about 6.55 PM every Fair night. Enough, right? Fair enough. All right. And thank goodness for Amazon Prime. Our copies of The Adventures of Little Sass, the first two books, are on, are the on way. their way. Love it. So, hey, at the top of the show, we mentioned that we are doing some giveaways this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, encouraging people to to go on and review the show. So this week, the drawing is going to be for one of Christie's books. All right. It'll Adventures of Little Sass. The Adventures of Little Sass, The Adventure of Joy, or The Adventure of Sadness. You could um, be the winner. You could be the winner. You get to choose which one you want if your dra- name is drawn. Here's how you do it. Uh, I'm just going to talk really quick through the phone, The how you do it on your iPhone. Open up the podcast app, find the show, scroll down, and there's a spot there that says ratings and reviews. Tap the, the stars to give it a rating. Five stars, please. Five stars. And then tap write a review down, on, down a little bit further. It's in like purple writing. Just write a review. Talk about uh, what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, Uh, whatever strikes your fancy, then get on Facebook, go into the Legendary Marriage community. If you're not a member, join. And then find the podcast reviews thread. Just leave us a note saying, I left my review and you'll be entered into the drawing. It's as simple as that. And now back to the show. You know, and the third third tip was be the sanctuary, which you're kind of, to again and what I mean by that is create moments of stillness and silence and I think because we live in such a busy chaotic time that this is so important I have seen so many parents they just over schedule their children and their families and there's no space and time for being there's no space and time for being and so this is another place for the adults to check in with themselves 
you know, what is it in me that I feel like I need to keep busy all the time and my children busy all the time? Now, so I don't know if it's like for you guys growing up, but I kind of feel like we were the last generation where we would like wander around in our communities and go and play in the forest and, you know, play hockey on the street. I grew up in Canada. That was a telltale, um, you know, and, and I, I don't see that as much. I know part of it is that there's just, there's a lot more fear to let children kind of roam. Um, but what can we do within reason within our homes to create stillness, to create silence? You know, I, I suggest like, can you make it a game, you know, or if you're driving, can we all just try and be quiet for five minutes as a game? Because I know for myself, it wasn't until I started to get still that I started to have an awareness of the fact that I had all of these emotions running and I was, and I still, I'm challenged by this being busy ha- has been a coping mechanism for me, a way that I haven't um, connected to what I'm truly feeling. And what I'm wanting for all of us is to feel what we're feeling, even if it's scary, you know, or it's like, Oh gosh, I don't want to slow down because I'm going to feel how sad I am about, you know, not getting that job or the fact that my relationship isn't in a great place right now, but it's like, if we don't stop and slow down, how can we really acknowledge what's truly here? You know, and so I'm encouraging the adults to create moments of stillness and create a sanctuary where, where and when they can. That's uh, I am so guilty of this. Yeah. I mean, escapism is a real thing. I mean, uh, I, there is a pastor that used to be a pastor at one of our churches and he would say, reality is your friend. Like if you think about like people suppressing emotions or escaping from them or whatever they do as their coping mechanism. Think about this. You're living a life that is not your real life. Like that is not real. Where, where's the realness? Like who's the real you? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's like, what are we modeling for the young people in our lives? You know, it's, if children can never, like be alone for a moment or play by themselves for a moment. Like, I, I don't know if my, I, my concern is that that would have a long-term negative impact because we're not always going to be, or have distractions. We're not always going to have, you know, people to entertain us. We like, there needs to be a, a self-sufficiency where we can be with our own thoughts, you know, and be with ourselves. And so I think as an adult, um, with the children in our lives, that's part of the responsibility to cultivate that. Do you think that that's just part of the roots of creating resilience? I really do. I really, really, really do. You know, um, tell us about resilience because maybe some of our listeners might not real really be familiar with that term. Yeah. So what I mean by that is it's the ability to uh, move from emotion to emotion and not stay stuck. You know, it's like, okay, I'm sad. And there's an awareness that I'm sad right now. doesn't mean I'm going to be sad forever. One of the reasons that adults avoid going to do the work, I'm doing quotation signs right now, 
um, like, you know, whether it's with a therapy or with a coach is because they're afraid to open up the box because they're going to get stuck in that emotion. Mm -hmm. And for those of us that have journeyed and done, you know, and, and, and taken that path, we know that you, you don't get stuck. It, there, there could be like a long period of time where you are down the top, you know, down the, down, down the tube and you're with like sadness or you're with anger. But when one is really committed to their emotional growth, you find ways to move through it. And that what I've experienced in my own journey is now when I am experiencing sadness or anger, I don't stay in it as long as I used to because I've cultivated resiliency. Yeah. You know, I have more tools, more awareness in, in first, first noticing it, second, allowing it. And then third, letting it, letting it, you know, letting it go so that I can move to the next emotion. Yeah. I'm wondering like, what is a possible outcome for kids that a establish some emotional wellness and they're good to go. They know how to process their emotions. What does that look like for them as adults? And what about those kids that shut it down and put it away and like, what does that look like in adulthood? Well, we can get political in your show. Donald Trump is an example of somebody that has suppressed a lot of emotions, you know, or that archetype, if you will, you know, that, that mm, there we go. The archetype. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's the call it DT. <laughs> the, the, the DT archetype, yeah. But the archetype of this heavy on the masculine energy, that's mm -hmm. a, that's just a sign that there's been a lot of suppressed emotion because mm -hmm. there's not um, a, a developed feminine side, you know? And then I like think about archetypes where you see emotional fluidity, you know? I, the, I, sure. I don't this to be political, but I see emotional fluidity in someone like Michelle Obama. She allows herself to have emotions, you know, and is strong and within herself. There's resiliency. So I, I do know that there's a lot of data and research that different types of diseases are connected to suppression of emotions. You know, there's some actual somatic therapists that believe that all the root of all disease is with emotional suppression. Mm -hmm. So you know, whether one prescribes to that or not, um, in my experience, there's definitely truth to that, you know? So what I would want for my, the children in my life and for the adults in my life is to be more comfortable in moving the emotions in order to have a healthier physical and emotional and spiritual, um, composition. Yeah. I would think that even if you don't a hundred percent buy in to the, the emotions tied to physical maladies. I know that for a fact, I don't know if as adults or kids or whatever, you get so stressed or worried about something that you can actually make yourself sick. Like you're like, your stomach hurts, you've got a headache, you just like, you don't want to leave the house. You you know, yeah, I mean, I think it, at it's very definite, least, there's definitely a tie in. At yeah. very least, there's a correlational relationship mm -hmm. but I, I i'm yeah I'm, I'm thinking of people myself included in different ways where the the physical and the emotional and the spiritual are also interconnected that uh you you can't say oh you know spiritually and emotionally this person is a total train wreck but physically they're great or or pick any one 
Like there, there's always going to be some relationship between them. Totally. Yeah. I know like when you, Justin, you've shared earlier in the episode of how you've battled depression. Yeah. I mean, in this those... week has been that for me. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm hiking a couple hours a day or working out, you know, doing whatever I can physically to, to move and stay in motion yes. because I'm experience, experiencing some spiritual distance with God and some, some emotional just stuckness. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah. But yeah. I like how you're battling it though. Like mm-hmm. you, your awareness is such that you're like, well, I need to hike. You know, my birthday is coming up. Uh, I need a new punching bag, a new heavy bag. Okay. That's great. So you, Sorry, that's the ADHD brain kicking in now. Have you punched it too hard that it's falling apart, honey? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's how you, you know, you've created... It's like the karate brain. chop. Chop, chop, I, chop. I'm an Enneagram 4 and I have ADHD, so I have a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion and so a the, lot of, a the lot of bag, ideas. It's a lot of work. Well, and you know how to move it, which is, which is incredible. You know, that's, I mean, that's what this movement is about. It's to create more awareness because not everybody has kind of gone on the journey that you have, Justin, and has that awareness, you know? So I'm, my hope is, is that parents and and adults are reading these books to kids and then it just makes them think like, Hmm, how am I doing with this? Yes. And And then maybe it's like after they talk to their kids, they just have an aha moment or they go and do a little extra research on the things that we're talking about. And, you know, maybe encourages more people to get more tools to support them to, like be emotional beings like that is actually our natural state and somewhere along the line you know we made it wrong we suppressed it and it's created a whole bunch of problems you know but if we can start to work on this one I I do believe it's gonna it's you know it will be part of many things that would support to make the world a better place yes you know I've got a question here because so Lil Sass obviously she's trying to process what we perceive as negative emotions. Is that right? Um, so that's not how I perceive it. I know in mm. our culture, we talk about like sadness and anger as negative. There's three books out right now, The Adventure of Sadness, The Adventure of Anger, and The Adventure of Joy, right? Which in our culture, we'd say is a positive emotion. Sure. I don't really get into positive and negative because in, in my belief and in my, you know, in my, um, my studies of uh, yoga, um, no emotion is like negative or positive. It's just an emotion. It just, it it just is. It's what's happening in that moment. I was just wondering too, because you know, I, I feel like at least for us as parents, we want to help them mostly navigate what we perceive as negative. Yeah. Like the sadness, the anger, that kind of thing. But do we need to help children process joy? Do we need to help them process the more typically seen as positive emotions? You yeah. know, I, th- I think uh, I'm going to jump in really quick before you, before you answer, Christy. Like, I'm thinking of that. Like, yeah, we think of uh, sadness, tenderness, anger um, as, as heavy or dark or below the line or negative or something like that. And we, we do, we, uh, like you said that Danielle, we focus on trying to help them regulate that stuff. And, and there is a certain piece of not just being okay with, 
uh, with joy and 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 happiness and and excitement, but but knowing how to regulate that as well. Like I'm just when you said it for some reason that that picture of Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch. Oh yeah. Right. Just complete unregulated. And then- and you're like, mm, you might need to dial it down a little bit. But then I'm like, well, that would but be that's, suppressing that's it. That's so yeah. shamey and suppressive. I know, I know. But but it feels uncomfortable to most people yeah. to see someone like blow it out of the roof like that. Wow. I mean, that's a, that was a defining moment of like overjoy. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, here's what, here's what I've taken around this. So the third book is The Adventure of Joy because... I have seen um, this like similar conditioning to what I've seen with sadness and joy, uh, sorry, sadness and anger to what I've seen with joy, where people are say things like, well, don't be too joyful. You know, don't be too excited. You might jinx X or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, don't, don't share so much joy because you'll make others jealous and you don't want to make others jealous. Mm, yeah. So um, in the adventure of joy, this is some of the conditioning that, that Sass receives. And she's got um, one of her mentors, his name's Mr. OG, the original gangsta of the Venice beach roller rink. He's this guy that teaches her roller skating and he teaches her that being joyful is another part of the human experience. And, and she's excited to share her roller skating routine, but freezes in a moment because she remembers her grandma saying, don't be too joyous because you might, you know, you might jinx it. You might screw up pretty much yeah. is what grandma is telling her. And Mr. OG is like, you know, I don't think that's true. I think some people are afraid to feel their joy, you yeah. know, because, because it's like that um, lack of abundance mentality. It's like if, if, if I feel it, then it's, it's going to be gone. So I better not feel it. And I want to, I want to break that away. Cause I, I do think, and you guys know this as coaches, um, we need to hold space for people to celebrate their, their accomplishments, their achievements, wow. their wins just as much because in our culture, we achieve something, we move on to the next. Yeah. And that's again, part of the problem because we're not stopping to just acknowledge like, whoa, you know, oh my gosh, I wanted to write that book or I wanted that promotion. I, I wanted to be in a great relationship and I have these things now, but we haven't stopped to actually acknowledge it and be with it and celebrate it. So Danielle, I think, yes, we need to create space and hold space for our children to feel joy just as much as anger, sadness, or the perceived negative emotions. And, and as adults too, I, I'm yeah. thinking about this. A couple months ago, I redesigned our weekly team meeting yeah. and introduced a, a spot to just celebrate because like, people go above and beyond and push through obstacles and overcome things every day in, in our business and um, the, the place that I work. And it was at first, it was just received with this like, wait, what? Wait, we, what? we don't have time to... It's a like, waste of time. We got to get on to the next tactical thing. Let's get on to... And it's like, no, let's slow down. And after about two weeks, all of a sudden, it was, it had become a new normal. Oh. And people were celebrating and calling out each other and, and, and acknowledging the, the great stuff. And it's, it, I think it's been a little piece of a shift that's happened. So I know Justin and I like, um, so Christy, you probably don't know, this is part of our story is like, we went through nine years of infertility. Oh, yeah. 
before we had our first daughter. And talk about um, a situation where there's like potential joy and then failure. And uh, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, like at least a couple times a month. (laughs) Excitement, 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 and hope. And then failure, smashing your face into a brick wall. Yeah. And then trying to recover. And then again, and over the, I think, I think we lost something over the course of that. Oh, I'm sure. But, but, but what I was going to share was something about, Hmm. we did learn, celebrate when you can celebrate. Yeah. Um, when there is something that you're happy about a test that you passed or, you know, a new procedure came on the market that you're going to be allowed to like, whatever it was like, When there's a chance to celebrate joy, celebrate it. And you know what? If it if you smash your head into a wall tomorrow, well, then that doesn't take anything away from the celebration of today. It's 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 so true. You know, I know I'll, I and you guys might do this with your kids. I see this with a lot of my community um, before bedtime or at the dinner table. They're asking you know each each person to go around. And share what's one thing you're grateful for that happened today. And I think that's a form of, of like what Justin, you're doing at work. It's it's really important that we bring that back in. That's another way of us being the model and being the coach and being the sanctuary because it's slowing things down just enough to say like, what is actually happening? What's present? And let's focus on the things that are working. You know, because like you said, Danielle, if next day things go off the rails, we're going to build resiliency by actually turning our focus to where it is working and where we are succeeding and where there is joy because it's all around. Like we're all experiencing all the emotions all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the human experience. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, yeah. Oh, I feel like th- this is one of those conversations where I'm just going to be pondering it for like days and weeks oh, ahead. I, I have a page of notes over here. All right. All right. Good. Lots to ponder. Christy, thanks so much for being on the show. I want to hear how can our listeners find you and the little sass books because everybody's going to want to get their hands on some sass here. Awesome. Thank you. Well, um, so you can check us out on www.littlesass.com. That's spelled L-I-L-S-A-S-S. And the website will take you to all the cool places to go on the adventures. The books are being sold on amazon.com. And there's three books um, to start, but we'll be doing a poll soon with our fans and with uh, friends of Sass to find out which emotions Sass should go on adventures with next. So follow us on Instagram, on Facebook at adventures of Lil Sass. Again, that's L I L S A S S. And, um, I'm hoping to be in our libraries and in our schools. These are things that we're working on. We've had a lot of teachers approach us about wanting to create curriculum around this. And that is my bigger dream and vision. I, like I said, I want more parents and um, uh, school teachers and people in the workplace and communities to have access to tools and content so that we can create more emotional wellness in our lives, in our world. Yes. Yes. Amen. I say yes a thousand times to that. And, and we will, I think we're going to be uh, giving away 
a couple of these books. Oh yeah, to, I think we might have to as soon as so, we can get our ours, ours are on back. On are, they're on pre-order. Definitely. Well, and I, yeah, I would, I would, I'd love, I'd love to do that. So let's let's do that. We've got um, there's two formats. You can get them in paper paperback or you can get them in hardcover or, or there's yeah. the third which is the, um, the ebook so yeah. um definitely want to give away some uh some of the the, the full um bundle that's the word yeah. I was ah. awesome <laughs> and little sass there's capes that we'll be selling as well because little sass gets a cape from her neighbor who is a healer who gives her the cape and her name's mrs moo and she says Sass, you're going to have sad days, angry days, joyful days. Use this cape to feel your emotions. That's your right as a human being. And so we have emotions for adults, medium-sized kids, little kids, and even pets. Um, and then these emotional wellness badges, if you can't see them holding up a badge for joy and a badge for sadness and a badge for anger, these will be sold with the capes. The vision is that eventually your cape would be filled in all of the emotions. Yes. So that you walk around and reinventing superheroes that, you know, being a superhero means I'm an emotional being and I'm proud of it because I experience my emotions. So, I want a cape. Yes. There you go, honey. I want a you cape. Would, you would rock the cape, babe. Yes. I'm going to get you guys a cape. You'll see me wandering around the house wearing my little sass cape and carrying my brave heart sword. I love it. We will definitely take a picture of that craziness. Okay. Chrissy, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been an amazing pleasure. You guys are amazing. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And and thanks to all your listeners. I hope this was uh, useful. Yeah, I feel like this is a way that we get stuck without talking about the things that really matter. We You and I, you mean? Yeah. Us and no other couples too. We're perfect. I mean, I feel like when you try to hide your emotions, you try to suppress them, or you try to escape mm-hmm. from them, or you, you, you think you might make the other person upset or sad or mad, mm-hmm. you shy away from having a conversation. And All right, you want to know something? I'm going to confess something right now. I've been doing that the last week or so. Like after our last conversation yeah, on the trail, yeah, I just kind of went, all right, I'm just not going to share a bunch of stuff. I kind of knew that. Yeah. Are you there com- we go. Are you coming back from it? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Christy's, Chris, you need to listen to this podcast again, honey. <laughs> let's go back and listen to it again. All right, let's do it. No, so here is... Yeah, obviously, we have to do the talk about it segment of the show. All right. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week, we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Okay, so here's your conversation starter. Typically, in what situations come up where you suppress your emotions? Oh, are you asking me? I'm scared to, okay. but, it, right. and the other half of that is like, could you do something differently? Yeah. Could you do something differently? If you find there's an area where you suppress your emotions, could you do it differently? And hmm. I, I feel like I'm challenged to do that, especially because of what Christy brought up about how you are modeling this for your kids. For the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, since the interview and, and e- even earlier, you know, I'm confessing this, but 
um, there's both pieces to that for me. What do you mean? Like, like there's in the not sharing things, there's, there's like, I, I feel I'm repressing a little bit because of the conversation we had and just feeling like it's like we have, we need to have some more conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also looking at, at what I'm feeling and, and how I'm thinking about this issue mm. that we were talking about differently. So, yeah, that's right. a, that's a really cool thing too. I'm glad you brought that up. It's not that you're just totally avoiding it. It's like you're forming your thoughts around it too, before we take another round at it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Enough cryptic. I know that was conversation that about was our dysfunction. Super weird. Okay. We'll have to expose that in another episode. All right. Maybe All right. the next episode. Next week on the show, we have Pradeepa Narayana Swami, and she is going to share her story of infertility and how it affected her marriage and how she's now coaching others to help their fertility journey suck less. Those I are her words, that. people. <laughs> so you can imagine why Danielle loves Pradeepa now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is just a great example of how navigating fertility challenges month after month, year after year, really just builds strength and tenacity. Um, you can just hear that in her voice in the episode. So listen into a bit of our conversation with Pradeepa Narayana Swami. So I miscarried the child and I, that was very hard. I was broken. I really didn't expect that. And it came to me, it came to me blindsided and like really pushed me down really hard, really, really hard. It was, it was really hard to get up from that. I was grieving for a while about that loss because it came to me so, it was a while for us to get there. But then when it didn't stick, when the baby didn't stick, which I didn't expect. It it took me by, it's not only by surprise, but it totally blindsided me. All right. Be sure to listen in next week to gain some inspiration about coming closer together as a couple, even when life seems to suck. That's it for today's show. So as always, we're talking about the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash zero nine four. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.